Hello. Welcome to Dinner and Drama, the podcast where we serve up a hot, heaping scoop of drama paired with a recipe for a perfect meal. I'm Kristen. And I'm Drew. Let's dig in. So, uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Let's continue on some of these sort of mysteries and continue on with uh, a little cruise ship disappearances. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our life is a little bit of a mystery. (laughs) How we get this podcast recorded sometimes is a mystery, usually due to my internet issues. I do feel like if we were on a real-life cruise ship, like Gilligan's Island would totally happen to us. I guess that wasn't a cruise ship, right, though? That was like just like a boat? It was a three-hour tour. A three Which they happened to have, like, evening gowns and, you know... Well, they were wealthy. How big was the boat? I don't know. They weren't wealthy. Only the millionaire and his wife were wealthy and possibly the movie star. Yeah, but they were on that boat because they were wealthy. Well, it was like a little, like, boat. It was not, like, a below-deck boat. Hmm. Have you been on a cruise yet? I have been on a very small cruise, a 36-passenger cruise. Is it really a cruise if it's only 36 people? It It was sort of like a below decky type cruise. It's more like a tour. You were on a yacht? It was a motor sailor. A, so sort of like the Parsifal okay. 3, uh, but if I, more I'll people. Be honest, if I was going on below deck, it wouldn't be on a sailboat. I want a full yacht experience. Well, you don't want the keeling or the healing or whatever it's called. I'm not no, a sailor. I want a yacht experience. I want, I want to be in the Riviera. 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 You want to be in the Riviera? I want to be in the Riviera. I want to be in like Monaco. I want to be like docking. And I mean, well, that's yeah, the same thing with the sailing yacht situation. They just, you know, it's. I feel like it's a little bit more adventurous in that yeah, there's the possibility example. that you could tip over, you know. Um, but and, that's with, the only and with that, that version of Below Deck, yes, I am going on a cruise in October with my husband, Anthony. And potentially us. If we get our you, act together. You guys better get your act together is all I can I say. have already informed Modesta that she's coming down. She's actually confirmed multiple times on the phone that she's coming down. Now I just got to get our act together and stuff like that. Anyways. M- Modesta, for those who don't know, is Andrew's mother, whose name is also D and is also Mafalda, and, and is also, also Maria. And Maria. <laughs> and also Puta. She, <laughs> she recently um, had her birthday and it was a birthday party. Uh, but her birthday is June 26th. I've seen no photos of this party. I'm yeah. not convinced it happened. <laughs> well, so here's the crazy thing. Her birthday is June 26th, but it's but that's her fake birthday. I don't want to digress. We always digress in every single episode. Just, I don't know. This may be a foreign thing, but like every foreign person I've ever spoken to sort of immediately understands the concept of a fake and real birthday. So I will tell you that both my mother and my father have both real birthdays and fake birthdays. And the 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 context around that is that in the area that they grew up, there was, I guess, a penalty, which sort of makes sense. There's a lot of home births, right? So, um, you know, they grew up in Europe, a lot of home births. And if you, everybody in my mom's town basically is related to each other. But if you are born, uh, the, at least this is from what I understand, if you are born and it may take your parents a month or two months or three months to get down to Oh, city hall, village hall. To accept to the fact that you were born. <laughs> to accept you were born. Village hall, town hall, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they got to ride the donkey down there, right? Yeah, to register your kid um, in, in Nazareth. <laughs> to register your kid. <laughs> and um, I guess 
from what I gather, I guess like maybe you you get a fine if like it's been a certain period of time. So they basically just lie and say like this like seven pound baby, this ten pound baby, this six month old baby, this fifteen pound baby uh, who's fully rolling over was just born. And I guess there's really no way to prove it. So, yeah. anyways, both my mom and my dad both have real birthdays and fake birthdays. I will say that my mom's real birthday and fake birthday are approximately one month apart. The okay. real birthday, she just passed, but the fake birthday is coming, coming up. up. So they celebrated her fake birthday on her real birthday. My dad's, I think, is like something like five months apart. I want to mm. say like his real, and that's the problem. I, I can't keep track of four birthdays for two people. So yeah, and your dad probably had to build had to build a cart to get himself down to town yeah. hall to, <laughs> measure, to, to so register my himself. My dad's real. It actually worked. It it's a advantageous for my father with one exception i'll tell you what that is um it's advantageous in the sense that he's younger uh or he gets to pretend to be younger because his real birthday is in like the may time frame as well but his uh his real birthday like meaning like his legal birthday is in october okay Um, but the downside of that is he had to work uh whatever five extra months or six extra months until he was able eligible for retirement so he had to he had to work a little bit longer for his fake birthday any. You know what I always think is kind of funny, speaking of babies and like being older than and how do they know, is whenever you see a baby being born on a TV show, it's always like a six month old. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always a six month old. And if you, if you actually keep an eye on it, um, so Kristen and I used to work for another company and one of the brands that we had was um, used for babies. It was Aquaphor. And um, I would be on commercial shoots a lot. And um, we would, it would not be uncommon for us to have three or four babies, like legitimately, like they looked similar, but not identical. And frankly, nobody ever realized that we were swapping out babies left. They were like bald and fat. They were just swapping out babies. They're close enough. You could throw in like Ed Asner in there too, because he's like, yeah, it's totally fine. Listen, one, one additional sign though, don't ever believe anything you see anywhere. Literally just don't believe it. It, 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 it. It's point to the point now especially with AI, that everything's fake. Everything's ridiculous. Yeah, we're not even here. You and I don't even even know each other. Wait, we're not going to go into it today. But when we get back into our conspiracy theories, there is a fascinating one that basically is all about whether or not we are all in a simulation. Mm. It is baffling, confusing, but at the same time, airily, like, you wouldn't know. Like, you wouldn't know if we were all right now in some sort of simulation and we're just living out the simulation. But Well, there is a syndrome um, that's kind of like that called the Truman Show syndrome that people have legitimately. Ooh. And I actually have it on my list to research where people, that movie, The Truman Show, with Jim yeah. Carrey, they, is that his name? Jim Carrey? I can say Drew Carrey. Yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey. Two, those would be two totally different shows uh, where they think that they are like, legit being filmed all the time and they are the center of some some sort make of believe universe yes um there is some really interesting both scientific compelling evidence to to this whole simulation theory as well as um they call them like glitches in the matrix so like people think that like uh um when you have deja vu it's really it's a glitch yeah, in the simulation the right there's like a lot of these things where it's like there's glitches in the simulation. So um, really, really quite interesting. But going back to the, to the cruise at hand, to cruise ship disappearances, which is very timely considering the, the sort of recent issues that we've seen. Like we we saw the uh, carnival sunshine just went through some like really crazy uh, cruises 
in general, um, I think people either love them or they hate them. And, and sometimes there's a third, which is like, they're just like a mystery to people. I will say that my first cruise that I went on was um, relatively recent. It was in the last couple of years. Um, it was a work of, event kind of thing. Um, and as such, they chose the cheapest uh, of the cruise lines and we can layer them in. Um, I'm not saying it's the worst. I've seen a lot of um, TikTok videos on the Margaritaville cruise. Okay. okay? And that's probably on the bottom of the totem pole. But um, Carnival Cruise is cl- really close in there. Now, yeah, I mean, Carnival is them. an economical cruise. It's, it's a it's, very economical cruise. Yeah. And in particular, we are very fortunate, and I say that because I think it is cool, that we are within like 40 minutes of a uh, port. And so for us, we don't have to fly. We, we, we could yeah. drive. We could get driven there. It's like super easy for us to pick up a cruise. Yeah. So we picked up this cruise in Carnival. It was $300. It was like a four-day cruise. It went to um, somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, and and honestly, like, if you were just doing it as like a, like a, if you were comparing Carnival to like a United Airlines, like it was fantastic. Like it was a great way to get to Mexico or it was a great yeah. way to get to the Bahamas. I can't remember where we went. Um, and we had a great time in the off, uh, offshore excursions. And I think a lot of people think about that. They go, listen, I'm not going for the hotel room. I'm going because I get to go to four places, get to go to those all day excursions. And it's like basically room and board for super cheap. Now, what I did learn on this carnival cruise is that if you just are willing to pay an extra 30 or 40 bucks for your meals, the actual upgraded restaurants, the food is phenomenal on those. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't eat in the the mess hall, as I call it, uh, with Carnival. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Uh, everything else I thought was pretty, pretty, pretty good. So this cruise we're going on is a practice cruise to see if we can cruise because Tony what, would what, like. Which, which version is it? Royal Norwegian? Caribbean. Royal Caribbean. So, oh, Honduras and Mexico. Yeah, but that was a good one. Like Royal Caribbean's pretty good. Yes, we're going on this practice cruise because Tony wants to go on a world cruise in a couple of years, which is that like crazy. That one just sounds crazy. That's like a 90 or 120 day type situation. I mean, it's 110 days. Um, So, you know, the thing is with that, it's like you're at sea for, for days. Sorry, this was the song I was singing. Oh, I have to play it. Days and days. It's just showing like random birds, holes in walls, flooding. Rat- yeah. But that's that song that we that's the song that you play on TikTok. I know you're not okay. a big have a TikToker, but that's the song on TikTok where expectations do not meet reality. Yeah, I don't really watch the TikTok too much. The TikTok, I know even the, the you actually technically do, but through me. Well, everyone sends me TikToks. I mean, everyone literally everybody. Um, your um, cruise actually looks like it's going to be really a lot of fun, which is why we're considering joining you. And yes, I, you should. So, for anybody who's never been on a cruise, I will say this: like I. I, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Like, you really didn't feel the boat rocking unless you were coming in and out of port, which is just a very short period of time. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I and I'm I'm probably one that I would say I would get more seasick than usual, uh, but I'm also not a big drinker, so like I wasn't. I I don't know if I would be able to like get wasted and be hungover on a boat, but. Um, but well, I'm going to find sad. out if I can get wasted and be hungover on a boat. Well, because you have the drink package. Yeah, because Tony's like, package. he goes, can you consume six alcoholic beverages a day? I'm like, by what time? Like, is by this what? a challenge? Like, by, 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 by noon? Sure. 
Um, <laughs> that being said, cruise ships in general are a little bit um, sketchy, sketchy. Let's call yeah, it. Yeah, sketchy. So there's like maritime laws that are really sketchy where yeah. like they don't have to report certain things. Um, there's also just the ability to for crime and criminal acts to occur on cruise ships is also very sketchy. You gotta remember, you know, you're on a floating city. Um, yeah. and that floating city has like, I hate to say it, but like, what is really stopping you from pushing somebody over? Like there would be no camera evidence of it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, for research purposes only. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, it's a little bit wacky. So cruise ship disappearances sort of don't surprise me. So let's take, take me through the, take me through the stats there. You know, I love a statistic. So, uh, there's approximately 314 cruise ships that sail every year. And roughly 30 million people went on cruises in 2019, which I like had to double check that number because I was like, no way. 30 million divided by 314 and the average cruise is like four days. But yes, so that's worldwide and that was before COVID. So the numbers have dropped a little bit, but um, approximately only 19 people disappear every year on cruise ships. More than 19 die though. 19 only, this is what I, I, I did look up this number too. Only 19 are considered disappearances, but that oh, means okay. that, like, they're not, I mean, if you if somebody um, falls and dies, they didn't disappear. Oh, okay. Sorry. I mis- maybe I misunderstood that statistic, but. Technically. <laughs> yeah. So, like, no, we, ha- know, we know where Susan went. She's not missing. We know where yeah. she went. <laughs> so, yeah, you, some people might ask, like, how or why do people go missing on cruise ships? But, you know, some people will just leave the boat when it's in port and like disappear themselves, I guess. Um, or maybe they get, you know, kidnapped and sold into some type of sex slavery. Which is real. Like you're in an mm. off city port. They don't control you, by the way. When you get off that boat, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And they will leave your ass there. Oh, if yeah. you're not back oh, in my time. God. That's like a fun thing. You, when, by the way, again, not that I'm a cruise expert. I'm a cruise novice. But I was told that you have to go to the your balcony um, if you are so blessed with one, um, I was told that you go to your balcony right when the boat is departing port because they always there's, leave. There's runners and they, yeah. there's runners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't run unless I'm being chased. So we'll see how <laughs> that goes. Uh, some people fall overboard. Some people jump overboard. Some people are thrown overboard. So that's a, a pleasant thought for research. Yeah. So what exactly happens when someone goes overboard? Do you know? Um, I know that if it's reported right away or if it's viewed, they will like blow a horn. Yeah, they blow a horn, but they really can't. I mean, you gotta remember, they can't really like turn the boat around. They're like, I am going to turn this boat around if you guys don't stop fighting. They do. They will turn the boat around. Well, like the, if it's far enough away. Right. But what I, what I, what I've read is that they, um, they have this like, um, sort of like boat that's not a it is a lifeboat but it's not really a lifeboat that they sort of deploy and that's where um yeah they basically send that out when they go get like i don't know if you know there's like port captains so like every port has its own captain that then come comes onto the boat it boards the boat and helps steer that boat into yeah it's like a harbor pilot it's a harbor pilot right so they um i know if somebody goes overboard they'll send out that tender to look for but like yeah the ocean's a big place guys it is yeah. The ocean's a big place, and you're and a small person. One in four people uh, survive going overboard, which is pretty stunning, I guess. Well, there's like those life preservers. So I feel like if you're with somebody when you fall over and they see you and they can throw that over to you, 
Yeah. I suppose that would like could make the difference. Yeah, sure. So what if a person just simply disappears? So basically what happens then is that the security director will organize some type of search. And if the person can't be found, the ship should, and I say should, return to the location where the person was last known to have been seen. Um, and then the crew will report disappearances to the local authorities. You know, they make announcements I'm like, not hey. trying to like make fun of anything, but like, could you imagine reporting somebody going overboard and they're like, okay, where was the last, where was like, where was the last time you saw them? Um, it was like in this blue water. Yeah. By that it's, wave over there. By that wave over there. No, wait, there, is it that there was a, no, I think there was a bird way. by some flotsam and jetsam. Um, there might have been some fish, large fish swimming next to him with tail fins. Um, so, yeah. So it's not like really that great of a situation to go overboard. I mean, you got a 25% chance. You just disappear. Like, yeah. I've heard many, many stories where they just like sort of like, I hate to say brush it under the rug, but like, yeah. it, it's kind of crazy. The first person we're going to talk about is essentially like that. Her name is Miriam Carver, and she disappeared in 2004. She was on a Royal Caribbean cruise to Alaska. All these things happen on Royal Caribbean, I might add. All of the ones we've researched, with the exception of one. It's the biggest cruise line, though, isn't it? Or like yeah, one of the biggest. Yeah. So they, she was on a Royal Caribbean cruise to Alaska. She was traveling alone. She had stayed one night in her cabin. And then on day two of her seven-day cruise, she just disappeared. Uh, a member of the crew reported that she appeared to be missing maybe they had gone into her cabin or something and all her crap was there how would you know though yeah um maybe she had made plans with someone or something like that i don't know exactly the whole details but because how would you know on day two like i gotta understand on day four being like hey listen i've cleaned this room's this lady's room and like nothing's moved in two days well that's the reasoning is that it's not uncommon for people to sleep in other people's habits if you're a big whore i guess um and Royal Caribbean really made no effort to find Marion, which is comforting. And at the end of the cruise, her belongings were just donated to charity. And uh, no one was informed of her disappearance. And her family basically filed a missing persons report. They had no idea that Marion had even gone on a cruise. So, so they don't have to report the, I guess there was no death. So there's nothing in, uh, in that regards to the report. Um, and they didn't have to report any disappearance because it was on international waters. Yeah. So basically, Royal Caribbean ruled the disappearance of suicide. And that's that. You can pick up some of Marion's belongings at the local Goodwill. At the local Goodwill. That's, um, I didn't know this, but there's a rule, I guess. So any cruise line that's not registered in the United States, and by the way, none of the ones that we're talking about, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, Disney, they're all registered in Bahamas and other places. But um, if you, I, this is a, a little fun, fun fact of cruising. Um, you cannot stop at a American port unless you've already stopped at an international port. Meaning you start at, you start at Galveston, you have to go international and then you can go back to Galveston or you can go back to a U.S. port. But okay. you cannot go to two U.S. ports. So the Alaska cruises, this is why the Alaska cruises, um, uh, typically go to Canada. Yeah. So Canada. they'll go from wherever in the United States to, it's usually California of some sort, um, to um, Canada, and then from Canada back to the United States. They have to have an international stop. Um, some cruises actually, some Alaskan cruises actually go to Hawaii. 
Yeah, Canada, who's currently smoking out the upper half of our country right now. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. With the, with it the is smoke. crazy. Okay, so poor Marion Carver, never found. Never That's found. Kind of, kind of sad. I don't want to. It's go super sad. Me. I don't want oh. to. Go oh, you don't? Okay. I don't I, go on let me let Jimmy know. Jimmy. Um, I've requested Jimmy, a joint. Abort requested, mission. <laughs> I've requested a joining rooms, FYI. They'll, you'll know if I'm missing. You better right, book. Give me another one. You better book. So the next one we have is the mysterious case of Amy Lynn Bradley. This one is freaky, I think. Uh, she was a 23-year-old woman from Virginia who was on, again, a Royal Caribbean international cruise in 1998. She was traveling with her family. She and her younger brother, Brad, Brad Bradley. Brad Bradley. Bradley Bradley uh, had gone out to the club and they had been drinking, obviously, and were having a drink with the members of the house band. Oh, shoot. I can't remember the name of the house band, but it was like something funny. It was like left turn or something like that. I think like I that. remember this one. Yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty famous one. Yeah. Uh, they left the club around 1 a.m. and Brad returned to the cabin at 3.35 a.m. They know this because the little um, cards... That mm. unlocked the door. Um, all that information is very important if someone goes disappear, if someone disappears. And Amy returned approximately five minutes later. So cool. She's back in her cabin, right? Sure. Her father saw her at around 5:30 a.m. sleeping on the balcony of the cabin. So she was on the balcony. He said that she was there with her lighter and cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And he when he went and checked on her later, she was gone. So 30 minutes later, 6 a.m., she's gone. She's gone. Yep. So the ship docked in Curacao, and the search for Amy began. Uh, but the waters were searched for four days. The investigators basically rejected the theory that she fell overboard. I'm not really sure why. Uh, but they said that Amy was a strong swimmer, so she might have been like one of those one in four people that could have survived. Um, and there were a couple of sightings. I mean, a couple claims to have seen her in Curacao. I can't ever pronounce that word. Uh, they recognized her by her tattoos. She had a couple of distinguishing marks. She had like a Tasmanian devil on her shoulder, like spinning a basketball, the, you know, ever present uh, Chinese symbol somewhere else. She had like a, not a bird on her back or something like that. Very as well. recognizable ones. Very recognizable. She also was, um, she was, I don't want to say unusual looking. That implies that she was unusual looking, but she like had short brown hair. So she was, you know, like she probably would have stood out in a crowd a little bit. Uh, and, but Amy Lynn was not found in Curacao. And later that same year, a tourist said that they saw a woman on a beach who looked like Amy walking with two men. The tourist said that this woman was trying to get his attention and that the tourist was sure it was her and that he recognized her tattoos. So again, the tattoos. Mm. Um, and then a year later, a member of the U.S. Navy said he saw her working in a brothel and that he told her, told sorry, he she told him her name and she asked him for help and said that she was being held captive. And then that same year, another Navy, quote unquote, Navy person, a Navy SEAL soldier, quote unquote, named Frank Jones, contacted Amy's parents 
and claimed that Amy was being held by heavily armed Colombian personnel, whatever that means. And he gave a very accurate description of her, described her tattoos, and even sang a lullaby that Amy's mother used to sing to her when she was a child. Um, he would give Amy's parents updates over the next few months and said he was staging a rescue effort. And Amy's parents sent this guy $212,000 for this rescue operation. It wasn't completely all their money. It was like a combination of their money and then another type of fund that's set up to find missing people. But it was all a scam. And uh, so this guy, Frank Jones, pled uh, guilty to fraud in February 2002 and spent five years in jail. Um, and then later in 2005, an Amy, a woman named Judy Moore claims to have seen Amy in Barbados. So it's like in seven a, years later. Yeah, in an apartment store bathroom and that she was accompanied by three men who were threatening her that she was going to, quote unquote, go through with the deal, whatever that means. Hmm. And the woman claims that she said her name was Amy and that she was from Virginia. And then the men re-entered the restroom and sort of took her away. Um, so that's kind of strange. And then Dr. Phil got involved. So, you know, it's all going to go south once Dr. Phil gets involved. And Amy's parents said that they had received a photo from a stranger like via email. And they thought that it could have been their daughter. I mean, at this point, it's a number of years later. Yeah, I mean, that's, this, is, this is a long time later. Yeah, and the woman was dressed sort of in a scantily or provocative manner. Um, so this, the, this story I don't find super um, unbelievable because if you know anything about cruises, not only is it sort of considered international waters, international law, but the vast majority of crew members working are from um, overseas. They're from Philippines. They're from other countries. Um, many of them, because they'll sort of, they work, the hours are crazy, but they work a lot. And then they essentially send that money home. So you have a lot of sort of, um, I, I don't want to call them impoverished, but you have a lot of sort of people who uh, are coming from areas where money is not exactly abundant. And this is a way for them to sort of um, help them and help their families get out of it. Yeah. So it, it is, and that includes everybody performers, uh, musicians, waitstaff, um, engineering, everything, right? Cooks, so yeah. it is not surprising or would not be surprising to me that um, you could have a situation where maybe she was roofied and they got her. Maybe they just con- they made friends with her. And so convincing her to sort of follow them to cruise quarters or something somewhere else. Um, and I also don't believe um, in sort of combination of that, because I know she was sort of disappeared um, as of like that 6 a.m., but depending on what time that disembarkment came about, um, obviously getting her off of the cruise ship wouldn't have been the most difficult thing. So uh, it wouldn't be surprising for me to to think that they would be able to get her off the boat, whether it was um, forcibly or whether it was under the guise of like, oh, you have to follow us. Like we have, we have to show you something, whatever it is. Like, or, hey, a bunch of us are going to a bar in yeah, this town, like, whatever. Yeah. But once you're off that boat, I, yeah, like people talk about um, sex trafficking a lot. And you're like, you kind of sort of put yourself in the mindset. You're like, oh, I'd be able to get away or I'd be able to find somebody. And like, it's not that way. We, di- we didn't talk about this this season, but we talked about it last season in terms of like just the mental manipulation that can occur with sort of victimized um, yeah. victims and, and cults when we were doing cults. 
And so um, at some point, what is that theory called where you like your captor becomes Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm syndrome. So um, that's uh, that's my explanation for this relationship that you and I are in. Yeah. Stockholm syndrome, obviously. Yeah. Um, I thought it was um, Munchauser by proxy. Munchausen by proxy. (laughs) Munchiehauser by proxy. Um, So, yeah. So Amy um, Lynn Bradley, I am going to go with kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. But either way, she was um, unfortunately declared dead on March 24th, 2010. Yeah, I think um, she's dead. I think that they probably she she aged out of the sex slavery trade and they probably killed her. I don't I don't disagree that I think she's probably dead now. Yeah. Um, either through probably at some point you probably, I hate to say this, it sounds terrible, but like at some point you probably just give up and in your attempt to escape, they just kind of. Eh, a lot of, and a lot of people get drugged and she could have, you know, like. Yeah. For, yeah. To force compliance, they drug you. Maybe she somehow overdosed or something overdosed like that. Very like sad, that. but it must be horrible to never know what happened to your child though. That's got to be heartbreaking. That's, I think, the really hard part, right? And we talk about that a lot with other people who have lost people. In the, and there's somebody in prison that knows something, but you're never going to get that information out of them, um, which is unfortunate. Do you think that your parents wonder about, about you? What, like, what the hell happened to you? Well, the other day, did I tell you this? My mom, when well, my mom was visiting for a very long time. And we're, <laughs> for, a very long time. <laughs> for a very long time. She was here for like six weeks. And, um, she was here for like two weeks. She was here for like six weeks. <laughs> and she um, somehow convinced uh, Jimmy that my dad had another son and like Jimmy somehow believed her. And so randomly when she had gone, like it was like way maybe a week after she had left, he's like, I can't believe we've been married this long and you've never told me that you have a brother. And I looked at him like, how are you talking? You're like, Bonnie? Oh, she's a cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you Sorry. talking about? Sorry, Bonnie. Uh, listen. Uh, he said, your mom told me that your dad had a, 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 a son. And I go, do you believe her? Like, and she goes, he goes, so you know about this? I go, do I know that my mother lies? No, I, I, I'm aware of that information. His name uh, is Lou. I don't Lou's know if asshole. he's I, Well, I looked at him. I said, my mother used to tell me that she found me at a, in a trash can at Seaside Park. Well, that's in true. In Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's true. And we would explain some things. Um, your brother's name is of, Lou. Speaking of potentially finding somebody in the trash, um, give me uh, give me our next unfortunate victim of the high seas. Yeah, so this one's actually a pretty famous case. Uh, it's the case of George Allen Smith the Fourth, who I believe was from Greenwich, Connecticut, which is our Ooh, neck of the woods. Fancy. He was um, on a, again a Royal Caribbean, brilliance of the seas. He was honeymooning in the Mediterranean with his wife Jennifer. And on July 5th, 2005, they were sailing from Greece to Turkey to Kusadasi. Uh, and the couple had dinner. They had planned to go drinking and they both proceeded to get very drunk. They had more than their six allotted cocktails Which, per listen, day. It's kind of obvious on a cruise ship why you would do it because you barely have to stumble to your room. Yeah. It's everything's everything's enclosed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for that balcony. Yeah. Um, so they, the people in the cabin next door to the Smiths had heard some loud talking followed by an argument and then a loud thud, which is never a good sign. Hmm. There was blood found in the cabin and on I the canopy. I taking off your bra. Like when I hear thunder. I that just, would be like, two thuds. Boom. As I said, there was blood found in the cabin and on the canopy of the deck below 
Mm. So the interesting thing is that Jennifer, George's wife, was not with him when he disappeared. She had wandered off during all of this heavy drinking and passed out in a hallway somewhere. Okay. And a crew member led her back to her cabin and Jennifer went in. She slept for three hours and then woke up and went for a massage. And we don't know when this was, like, meaning like the people in the cabin heard loud talking followed by an argument, but apparently Jennifer was not with him. At so the, time, the people yeah. were overhearing somebody else arguing. So there's proof yep. that she wasn't in there. Yeah. Then there's claims that she, or she claims to have had like very little memory the night before, which makes Fair. sense if you're drinking heavily. Yep. I know someone who woke up behind a potted plant missing a shoe at one point mm. in a hotel in New York City. About, I was pissed about that shoe. Yeah. So there have been various investigations launched on this case between 2005 and 2012, and even the FBI's Mafia Division, I believe they call it Organized Crime, but the article I was reading was calling the Mafia The Mafia Division, I I doubt that that's the official name. Yeah, and even Geraldo Rivera uh, interviewed three men that were last seen with George, and these three men do play heavily sort of into this investigation. There's a gentleman by the name of Josh Askin. And then I think their brothers or cousins, Greg Rosenberg and Zach Rosenberg, who were of Russian descent, also were heavily questioned. And they think that that fight was somehow these three men fighting with George in his cabin. Do Uh, we know how these three people are connected to him? They met they supposedly met him like out that night on the boat. Got it. And uh, Dateline investigated it and they had theorized that it was a robbery gone bad, which kind of makes sense to me. And uh, June 29th of 2006, Royal Caribbean compensated George Smith's estate uh, for $1.1 million. Hmm. Uh, for Jennifer's part, she remarried in 2009. Uh, she was heavily criticized by George's family for her conduct that night. I can understand how they would be a little bit irritated with her. Um, I mean, she it wouldn't have stopped anything, theoretically. No, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, but also, maybe... I don't know. She could have called for help or something like that. Who knows? She was respectful. She waited four years to get remarried. Yeah. Uh, George's family was instrumental in the passage of the cruise ship passage. Sorry. The cruise ship passenger protection act, which basically allows um, federal government protection of passengers rights and uh, allows for greater transparency when crimes are committed. So that case of Miriam probably. Just to be clear, they didn't find the body. They just found. Blood. Blood. Now, do we know if it was his blood? Uh, I believe they have confirmed that it's his blood, yes. Mm. So that's unfortunate. I mean, I think he for sure went overboard or was thrown overboard. Via some sort of fight. Yeah. Now, people have asked, and I don't disagree, like, why is there not cameras on? Like, how hard would it be to possibly put a camera that sort of... Because, like, if you think about, like, you know, cruise ships are very, very long, obviously. But if you had some cameras extended out, even on like a five foot pole or six foot pole, like an angle down, you could see through almost the entire bank from top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, maybe they are. A lot of these cruise ships are being redone now. Or maybe like, yeah, you know what was um, interesting that you're talking about being redone? One of the things I did read about it, and this is interesting, fires on cruise ships are really quite um, interesting because um, prior to a certain period, all of the fire suppressions were done internally. But apparently nobody accounted for the uh, balconies, hmm. which are clearly obvious places for people to smoke. So yeah. what happened, and I can't remember the cruise, that sort of caused this change 
but um, a fire broke out on one balcony and it sort of spread from balcony to balcony to balcony to balcony and Mm -hmm. the entire side of the ship was uh, on fire. And not only was it on fire, but if you recall anything about cruise ships, the lifeboats all deploy from the sides of the damn boat. Um, So it became, uh, now they apparently have fire suppression on the actual um, balconies as well. But cameras may need to be added. Yeah, for sure. All right, one more. One more, and this one is very recently in the news. It did not happen on a cruise ship, but we figured we'd throw it in anyway. We're like very recent, guys, like like as in like two weeks ago. Yeah. So this is the case of Cameron Robbins, who is a was an 18-year-old uh, recent high school graduate from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He disappeared on May 24th of this year, 2023, year of our Lord. In the Bahamas, and Cameron on a dare jumped off of Blackbeard's Revenge, which was a sort of party cruise pirate style ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went into the water. There's cell phone footage of Cameron. Not, I don't think there's cell phone footage of him jumping into the water, but there is footage of him swimming in the water. Yeah, they like recorded him because of the dare. Yep. And there, a flotation device was thrown to him, a life ring. And uh, you can see in the video Cameron swimming away from the life ring. And there appears to be something else in the water. Uh, yes. People are assuming it's a shark. It's sort of the area it's quite was near known, to him. The area had been known to have lots of like shark infested. Like it was a shark infested area. So Cameron uh, has disappeared, and they, he's never been found, never been found in the past two weeks. Uh, the crew searched for Cameron for two days. There was literally no trace of him. Uh, people are kind of assuming that he was attacked by a shark. There are some that don't really believe that, which uh, it makes sense what they're saying. Uh, so the waters, although they were shark infested, there aren't a lot of shark attacks that occur in that area, apparently. Well, and you kind of have to like provoke them sometimes. Yeah, and so these sharks apparently are like my dog Sunshine. They know where the food comes from, so mm-hmm. they will hang out where they know the food is coming. So these boats sort of go out, you know, every night or every other night or whatever their schedule is. You know, people are drunk on the boat, so there's food falling overboard. Maybe they're even dumping food overboard. And the sharks sort of hang out and just wait. They're like, hey, I could go for a chicken finger right now. Let me just, you know, hang out by this boat. Um, Also, the object in the video doesn't really behave like a shark, some experts say. And it's really unusual. it wasn't like moving very quickly. Yeah, and there was no music that... Which I assume whenever there's a shark attack, that's playing. And it's also pretty unusual for a shark to fully eat human. So normally there would be some evidence of. Well, and the other thing about it is even if the shark sort of took him and pulled him down, you would, they would, what I read, it was kind of gross, but you would expect some sort of like uh, visual. um, Yeah, some blood or something to float up or something. Clothes, right? Because they're not going to swallow clothes whole and stuff like that. Yes. Depends on the designer, I suppose. So there are other theories that perhaps even though it's May, that maybe he died of hypothermia and drowned. Um, Certainly alcohol. they were watching him. It's like, yes, he could have gone down, I suppose. But like, I wonder why nobody jumped in after him when he disappeared. 
Well, I mean, it was pretty stupid for him to dr- to jump in anyway to begin with. No, um, I get it. But like, you would think that somebody would have jumped in after him. Well, why didn't he grab that ring, that life ring? I mean, yeah, also, why did they swim I, away from that? I heard there was a current potentially in play as well. Uh, certainly, if he jumped, he could have, you know, gotten the wind knocked out of him. He could have hit his head. Uh, all these things could have caused him to to be impaired, too impaired to be able to tread water for a longer period of time that but there's literally no evidence like he disappeared yeah yeah so i mean there should be some evidence unless there was like some wound that he suffered that would you know cause him to truly sink like if his body filled up with Mm. water or whatever um also if there there are some deep channels nearby there so some people say that maybe if his body fell into one of those deeper water channels that he would, you know, not float up again to the surface. So very, very sad. Um, his family just held a memorial service for him this week. Uh, but imagine another you know, one getting... where like they really don't know. And like, obviously holding out hope is like, I don't know how long I would hold out hope for something like that. It, it's really kind of sad to think about, but like at some, I don't know, it, it's almost like worse. Like it's better to like, know. Oh, of course. Yeah. Never, not, not, you never have closure, you know? Um, not that closure makes anything better, but at least you have your child back and can bury them or whatever, somehow, um, have somewhere to visit them or talk to them or whatever. But it's like something. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly sad. And also, like these party boats and these kids that disappear when they're, you know, in their teens, it's like, where are their parents? I know that the, like the whole point of them going away after graduation is that they're cutting loose and and I mean, having a good seen, time. But I've been seeing posts for summer camp, and there, I mean, you know, you go away to summer camp, and like, there's no a real supervision. I mean, there's supervision of the camp counselors, but those camp counselors like look like they need some supervision themselves. So, I yeah, know. I mean, there Did are you adults. When you were little, uh, no, I went to like Girl Scout camp. You didn't go to like lesbian sleepaway camp. No, although I was Sisters. camping the night that Elvis Presley died. Did you really? Yeah. How'd you find out? Uh, one of the on your crank radio. Yeah, I think one of one of the uh, adults that were with us. They she had a, a string with a cup that was t- tethered to her husband somewhere out on the. There road. was a carrier pigeon that dropped it off. Yeah, I think carrier so. Me- message in a bottle around the world. Um. Yeah. Well, so. That's, now, uh, listen. I am still in favor of cruise ship uh cruise ships. I am a convert, even though the first one that I went on was a little bit of a ghetto one. Um, low rent. I totally understand the benefit. And for me, who's a little bit of a type A type planner, having everything sort of at your disposal and so you don't have to worry about like if the, the car is gonna get there, if the hotel is gonna be available, if you're gonna be able to check in, like all a lot of that stress is sort of gone. And I think yeah. when you go on vacation, oftentimes, like for me, when I go on vacation, it takes me a couple of days to decompress to begin with. And I feel like with cruises, it, you can accelerate that decompression. Um, so I'm a, a definitely a big proponent, just as long as you don't go missing, right? Like, yeah. I just think I mean, if you don't go missing, it is a great experience. There's no better way to decompress than to be tossed over, <laughs> than to be tossed over the side. Talk about decompression. Yeah. So what meal are we going to serve with these very unfortunate, um, with these unfortunate disappearances? I feel like it's a fish stew. <laughs> listen, I know, <laughs> fish stew. I know that that's a, listen, guys, this is the concept of this podcast. So as grotesque as some of the murders are and the mayhem, 
we have to give you a dish to serve. So what is the dish for the, what turns out to be the Royal Caribbean disappearances? The Royal Caribbean Kahlua creme brulee. So it's a creme creme brulee brulee. that they serve on the Royal, some Royal Caribbean ships. So uh, I'm looking forward to potentially getting it on my cruise. If assuming that Tony does not toss me overboard, assuming you didn't get tossed over or sold into sex slavery. I think both of us are safe from that one. I I'm think they'd lie. probably return me. <laughs> like, we, we decided no. We decided yeah. this is a no. Um, yeah. So you could find that recipe uh, on our website uh, if you just click on the link. And of course, as usual, if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe. We have subscribers in some crazy countries. I think we're up to 29 countries now, Lesage. Um, Perhaps some of the countries that these people have disappeared into. So yeah. if you hear us, Make sure you visit us. Um, no, definitely hit that subscribe button so that you're aware of all of our new uh, podcast episodes as they're uploaded. Of course, you can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a podcast service near you. Don't jump overboard. That's my advice to you. And don't jump overboard. Yeah. All right, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night.